0: My biggest fear would be when the first comes and I don't get the rent.
1: I found that my tenant had dumped concrete down my toilet. Can you believe Fair Housing fined me $5,000 for that? How do you onboard your
0: tenants? What do you do? I don't even know if I do it right. If you're a landlord, don't just rent, rent perfect. The Rent Perfect podcast with property expert and private investigator, David Pickron.
1: Well, hello, Scott. Thank you for joining us today. I uh, appreciate that. Hey, Scott, real quick, what do you call a crocodile in a coat? I got nothing for you. <laughs> An investigator. Oh, gosh. Okay, listen, right. that's All dad right. joke 101. Uh-huh. Okay, listen, <laughs> my kids would be rolling their eyes right uh-huh. now. But uh, uh, welcome to the podcast today. We're actually going to talk about a little bit about private investigating today and uh, and kind of what we do but i uh, just want to welcome you Sub- subscribe to our channel we really appreciate the follows and the listens the comments uh it really helps us give us an idea of what people are needing out there you know often as a private investigator i figure everybody's one right i just figure everybody knows what i know Yeah,
0: it's that curse of knowledge that sometimes we think everybody right? knows what i know everybody right? knows
1: what i know and i get a phone call and someone asks me a question and i'm like um wow I thought everybody knew this, you know. Not yeah. that not that uh, I- that people don't have the education out there. I'm not saying that it's a lot of people are just new into this, or or a lot of people just need to be like told, like, yeah, you're right, you know. Just a little yeah. bit of confidence builder, you right?
0: Know? And maybe they live in an area that doesn't have the same challenges, yeah, that big metro areas. Have.
1: And so I've got a I've got a friend I'm helping right now. We uh, we went in on an investment together and in building a, a, a luxury duplex, and and we have to. It's going to be furnished. It'll be more of a short term rental. Right. And, and he's calling me every second. Like, what What do you think we should do with the washer and dryer? Should we gas or should it electric? And he's so worried about it. And you know, you know when I'm going to make those decisions?
0: About a week before. About a
1: week before <laughs> <laughs> we're yeah. ready to rent the thing, right? Because right? yeah. I'm not uh, I'm not too concerned if the king size bed or queen size bed is the right fit for the room yet yeah. until you know I can go there, take measurements, and kind of lay it out. But. It it just makes me think that what do what do we know that we want to make sure that other people know, and so that's probably the the reason that we do this yeah. this podcast. But when people find out that we, Scotty, you and me, are private investigators, do you ever get anybody say, "Oh my gosh, you're a private investigator what uh, What do you do?"
0: Yeah, the first thing the first thing they always ask me this is every time, 100. percent have you looked at my background? <laughs>
1: right? <laughs> totally. and I, and I
0: always tell them, no, I haven't looked at you. I'm not I'm not a creepy guy. Right. They're just an investigator.
1: So I'll be at places where people don't know me, and they're like, what do you do for a living? I'm a private investigator, and they're like, oh, wow. And I always say, and I'm here investigating you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, anyways, they're just kind of like, yeah. you know. We're not the
0: telephoto lens, right. uh, you know, sitting outside your house at yeah. midnight kind of investigators
1: different. so so i i do get that a lot i was yeah. like people think a private investigator is just someone who follows the cheating husband yeah right right and um and so they're always like wow you must have an interesting job yeah you had a
0: lot of stories to yeah. Tell. yeah and
1: you know that's actually the part of the business that actually is the worst you sit there for five hours you can't fall asleep you can't watch t- you can't do anything else but watch a front door for somebody to come out, get in their car, you get excited, they go to the grocery store, buy some bananas and then go back home. <laughs> and uh and people think that's exciting. Yeah. So anyways, um uh but as a private investigator, what is really the job of a private investigator? And private investigators were much more valuable back in the day before the internet. We would go to the courthouses, we would go get information that just wasn't available at everybody's fingertips. So the the internet has almost created a uh, whole population of private investigators whether they're licensed or yeah. not is another story amateur right? private investigator exactly yeah. so yeah. here's the here is really mm-hmm. the definition of a private investigator someone who gathers data and then renders a professional opinion okay not not a, not you know we're going to get facts in there mm-hmm. but then with all the facts we're then going to give you with our experience our opinion it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that it's Right, wrong, indifferent, but it's kind of like with all of the data that I see here, this is what I think is going on. So yeah. I follow um, a cheating husband, and he goes to a hotel room, and I see another girl go into the hotel room and, and you know, come out, you know, a little while later. Yeah. Um, the fact is, is I know that there are two adults in a hotel room, but my professional opinion could be you're probably, you are probably have a husband that's having an affair on yeah. you, right? So I'm taking this data, and then I'm, per, I'm I'm performing a professional opinion. We do that in insurance fraud. You know, we're out there taking pictures of a guy, you know, climbing a ladder, working on his roof, and yet at work he's getting insurance right. because, because he's hurt.
0: Workman's comp claim.
1: Right. Exactly. And so we're not saying he's committing, you know, insurance fraud. We're just presenting the facts. And so today I kind of want to just present some facts about what we do, and then I think we're all come to the same maybe professional opinion mm-hmm. and that is what do we do as private investigators and that is we investigate people's background checks right right and a lot of people don't realize that I need a private investigator to, to research someone's background well there are instant database products online and there are things you can go to and you can ask a computer if this person's name and date of birth is in some database and it can tell yes or no but if you really want a good background check you need a PI yeah you need a PI yeah. and as a property manager I think everybody should be a PI, whether you're licensed or not, because that's what we're doing, right? We're deciphering data and then we're making the best professional opinion or decision Mm -hmm. to move someone in. So today I want to know, Scotty, what do we know as PIs that maybe our clients don't know that we think that, that everybody knows?
0: I, I think for me, one of the big things, uh, and this was a word that I didn't really know before I started working, you know? We worked 15 years together now, but I didn't really know this word. And one of that, that big word is recidivism. Recidivism, right? <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of consonants, <laughs> a lot of vowels, right. a lot of syllables. Uh, but recidivism, which okay. is really, I mean, if you boil down the definition, is the likelihood that someone's going to re offend once they've been in prison.
1: And why is that important for us to know?
0: Yeah. I mean, well, as a landlord, right? Or <laughs> as a property owner, uh, I'm putting someone. And we often talk about I'm I'm hiring a business partner is what I'm right. really doing. I'm putting someone into my asset to manage and care for my asset for a year to five years to ten years, and as I do that, man, I sure want to make sure I put the right person in there. And so, looking backward at those, uh, you know, the history of somebody really does help me uh, predict the future.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and you know the data that we come in is really what we're doing is we're trying to, we're really looking for responsibility. Right. So we want to give you our professional opinion about whether someone is responsible enough. Mm-hmm. Now, if I ask you, Scott, hey, are you responsible?
0: Absolutely. A hundred percent.
1: Who's going to say, no, I'm not really responsible. Yeah. Hey, will you rent to me? Everybody's going to tell us they're responsible, that they'll pay the rent, they'll take care of the property. We hear it all the time. Yep. But we actually have to have a third party or a background or someone say, hey, let me tell you if this person is, is really responsible or not, and so there's a couple things we do, right? We do credit checks. Now, I will tell you that I rented to two people this week that fell below my approved status. They were in my conditional status with their credit numbers.
0: So you've got an, you've got a predetermined criteria that says this is my window.
1: Well, I hope everybody has that, and if you right. don't, call us; we'll send yeah. you a criteria. But in my in my criteria for these, this one particular property I'm thinking of right now is. I'm set at 625. Then it yeah. drops down to conditional, and then it goes down to 550. And then below 550 is declined in the credit portion of it. Right. right? So this guy comes in about a 575. So he's in this conditional range. So it allows me to say, okay, I, I really haven't made a decision. It's not a black or white. I've got to go in and look. And so I go in and I look at the details of his credit report. And what was bringing him down was a couple $40 collection accounts. And I went and talked to him. I said, hey, listen, do you realize what these $40 collection accounts is doing to your score? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I don't owe that money. And I just, you know, he wanted to prove a point and not pay $40. And yet it was hurting him. Yeah. (laughs) You know, hurting his His, credit. His principles were killing his credit. Yeah, so I had to educate him how important, you know, sometimes just pay the $40, even though you feel like you don't owe it, to save your credit. Right. It's just, it's life. So... I felt like this this uh, applicant coming in just wasn't really educated on credit and how to manage his credit. I didn't see the, you know, the repossessed car or the $20,000, you know, non-payment mm-hmm. of some credit card. I mean, these were 40 and $50 dollars that were bringing down his credit score. So in the conditional range I was in and, and the data that I took in, I was able to make that professional opinion that, they actually take care of their rent. I talked to their past landlord. I looked at their their bank statements, which is so important. Yeah. Right, right. And, right. and make sure that they've paid rent this last two years. I did it, all of my due diligence and my professional opinion was not that they were bad tenants. They just didn't understand how to take care of their credit. So I rented to them. So there's an option. I mean, here's kind of a an example of us taking in this data and then making the best professional mm-hmm. opinion. want, But... But credit's kind of easy, right? Credit kind of, you know, it, it, it's easier. What I want to talk about today, and you brought up this recidivism right? It's the criminal history. Like, who, whose past criminal, you know, shows us that we might not want to rent to this person, or whose past criminal says, "Oh, that was a one time and done, yeah. and and they learned their lesson and they moved on with life." Okay. Right. I am an open book. When I was 16 years <clears throat> old, I got caught shoplifting. Okay, that was my big criminal record, my big rap sheet, right? Luckily, I was 16. I don't know even what I was thinking. I go back over that constantly and go, "What? I, d- I didn't plan on it. I didn't go in with a bad heart. I didn't. <laughs> for some reason, I had something in my hand for so long that I just felt like it was mine. It was like my ver- what is that when you're not developed until you're 25? Right. You yeah, know, the your front frontal lobe lobes your not quite developed, right? And I just I think of I think of stupidity. Now, if I had a shoplifting charge at 51. Um, different story now there's a whole you know once again there's data coming our way that allows us to make right so recidivism rates let's talk about federal recidivism rates so the the bureau of justice statistics has come Mm -hmm. out they did a 10-year study can you tell us a little bit about that yeah
0: it's super interesting i think you know they did they did uh and this is really the first time they've done a 10-year study from prisoners released in 2008 and then they studied them from from 2008 to 2018 to see what was happening Okay, so what what the kind of the, the statistics and these statistics don't really change very much, but the idea right now is that there's about just under seven million, seven million uh, individuals in the United States who are either in prison or on parole,
1: and there's considered three hundred fifty million people in the United right,
0: States. Right, and there's about a hundred. Right. So I, I did so the 2%? math. Two yeah, percent. I did I did the math there between eighteen and ages eighteen and sixty five. There's one hundred and fifty five million Americans. So seven million of them are in prison or on parole. So that's no. about just under, just yeah. over four percent.
1: Yeah, four to five percent of our, yeah. our adult population is in prison, right? Currently wow. in
0: prison or yeah. on parole. Okay, okay. Um, and which I think is an interesting number. And of, of that group, ninety-five percent of those people will be released from prison. Okay. Okay. In the next, in the next ten years, um, or were released from prison, and out of that ninety-five percent that were released, eighty-five percent of them reoffended.
1: Wait, 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 Say that again.
0: So out of the 95% that we So 6.4 million of those 7, 6.7 million people are released from prison. 5.4 million of them will re-offend wow. within 10 years.
1: Now, but you don't go to prison for little misdemeanors. And, no. And, you know, in fact, how many crimes do you have to really commit on average to get into yeah, prison? Yeah, quite a few.
0: I mean, as we as we look at the statistics here, uh, what they have said is that of those that were arrested in two, or that were imprisoned in 2008... They had a medium number of nine prior arrests and five prior convictions. So these aren't your one-time shoplifting, right. uh, jaywalking. These are guys who have been arrested nine times, convicted, more than half of those times. Right, and then they're in prison for you know, X number of years.
1: So these are our repeat offenders. Right.
0: Yeah, and we know we know that within I mean the, the, statistics, the statistics say six out of ten of those that are in prison will reoffend within three years. And then that that number drops down, but overall total, I mean you're looking at eighty five percent of that population will reoffend so when you get an applicant that has a significant criminal history, not just let's say they went to jail for a DUI mm-hmm. but they were in prison eighty five percent of the time that guy's going to reoffend will he reoffend while he is in your property
1: and that's that's why that's the big question right? yeah, that's the
0: big question that we as landlords have to be concerned about and and really or, look at the numbers
1: or Or is he the 15% that makes it? Right. And what determines that, right? Mm -hmm. And you know what determines that for me? Time. Time, yep. Time, right? Yeah. If he's that 15% that goes the next six years and doesn't re-offend, then he has beaten some major statistics. Maybe this is a guy that I want to look at, you know, that I want to make sure that that it goes into my criteria. Maybe this is someone who says, hey, I'm done being a repeat offender. Mm -hmm. I'm done, you know, I'm ready to get you know, to be a positive in society, and maybe he might become your best business partner ever. ever. But once again, we're going <coughs> to take in all this data so yeah. we can make the best professional opinion. Uh, everybody is an individual. I think Fair Housing wants us to do individualized assessments of everybody. You know, they teach us to, to, to treat everybody the same, but when it comes to this criminal history, they really want us to individually assess, and I think we would want to individually mm-hmm. assess, Right. Not everybody who got out of prison eight years ago is a yes or a no. You, right. you need more information, Yep. right? One of, the, one of the
0: interesting statistics that comes out of this, too, I think, is that half of the people released from prison in 2008 were arrested for some type of a property crime, okay And then, so that was 47%. Another 47%, so a total of 94%. The other 47% were, were arrested for drug offenses. Sure. Both things, that as a landlord, are concerning. Very concerning.
1: Absolutely. Because I always look at at the individuals here, this this 85%, who are they hanging out with in their lives, right? The 15% probably got away from it, yeah. probably couldn't still sit in the middle of, of just criminal behavior and stay out of trouble, you know? Or, you know, facetiously, I say, or maybe they're the 15% that never got caught again. I, I hear that sure, all the time. Yeah. I mean, you just never know. Right we see statist- statistics but we really never know what's what's behind them a, a lot of the cases but um you know i want to know who is going to be in my house and that is not just my tenants who do my tenants hang out with who do they invite over and then what activity are they doing within the walls of my home mm-hmm. why does it matter if we're smoking crack cocaine in my living room why does that matter to you I, you know i don't <laughs> live there i you know hey just pay the rent i don't care yeah you no know? i mean that that's <laughs> The answer is pretty obvious.
0: Uh, I'm hoping that's a rhetorical <laughs> question. But, yeah, I mean, the an- yeah. answer is pretty obvious. We we know that, you know, criminals in a neighborhood, they diminish the value. That's They do. That's just the reality.
1: Yeah, they do. Um, you know, and, and property damage, holes in the wall, stolen, you know, copper, um, stolen appliances to pay for the next fix. I mean, I'm making some assumptions here, but we've right. seen this, mm-hmm. right? And we have to know this as property managers that if we're going to deal with people – in these statistics, we have to think about how can that affect us, Yeah. right? Now, once again, these are the worst of the worst we're talking about, okay? So, um, and this is a federal statistic. It's a big statistic, right? right? Yep. Okay, but statewide, Scotty, statewide, you tell me what state has the highest recidivism rate.
0: Uh, my guess would be probably... Uh, just because of the size, like California or New York.
1: Okay, so Maybe we're gonna I we're gonna rank this per population, kay. so it's percentage wise. So it doesn't matter how big the state yeah, is. Okay, but Delaware. Oh, really? Yeah, Delaware has sixty four percent recidivism rate within three years. Wow not 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 your eighty five percent that goes right. you know eight ten years three right. years sixty four percent. Just to give you like the top five here: Delaware, Alaska. Okay. Arkansas, Colorado, and Rhode Island, okay? Here's what's interesting, is Colorado, in the last four years, went up 10% in their recidivism rate. And I've been watching Colorado really closely, because they're one of the first states that went recreational marijuana. Right. right? Yep. And in the last four years, they go up 10% on the recidivism rates. Now, I haven't pulled enough data as a PI to, right. to make a report to say, hey... But that is an interesting statistic. It's something that I would start to look at, and it's something that I want to know more about to say, you would think if you legalized drugs, there would be less crimes or less right. charges, less Le- Reoffenses, yeah. And right. the less reoffenses, yeah. and yet their recidivism rate has gone up. And so that's something that I'm going to be keeping an eye on over. Um, yeah,
0: look at those other states that have, uh, over time have started right. to legalize and see if those same numbers. Right.
1: We're sitting about 30% here in Arizona um so we're after three years yeah after three years okay. and so we're just kind of sitting in the middle now this is not federal jurisdictions this is state crime so this okay. includes lower charges now right. we were talking about the, kind of the big boys at right. first right yeah, you're in prison yeah yeah yep. these are these are lower offenses in the states and so we're not really talking apples to apples here in a way when i brought you down to states i'm bringing you down to a lower level yep. offender um, anyways, so that, uh, that is interesting. Even on your low end offenses, your, your misdemeanors, felonies in the, on the state level, not on the federal level, you're still looking at 30% reoffending in the mm-hmm. next three years. So how many years, Scott, do you think needs to go by before we can say they're not a repeat offender or they've learned their lesson? I mean, what's, what's, how many years do you feel comfortable with?
0: Statistically, I look at it and say that 10 year window is a pretty safe window. Okay. Okay. know uh, on the on the federal government side, they say seven. Yeah. A lot of state governments say seven years. Um. You know. So it, it really depends. But I mean, me personally, I probably look at that ten year number and go, "Okay, you've beat the
1: odds," right. and uh, and I feel good about you know putting you into one of my properties. So. So the federal government pulled a study out of 1940 out of the University of Minnesota in 1940. Like we're yeah. using a study in <laughs> 1940. 80, Eighty-two year old. study. Give me a break, right? Yeah. But it, it gave them the statistics or the numbers that they needed to justify seven years. And what that study said is if someone hasn't offended in the last seven years, they are the same risk as somebody who's never, never. offended. Right. They get really super close in their statistics. Now, this is 1940. I don't believe it. I think they picked the study and then because of the results, right. you know, I don't buy it. But they, they hang their hat on this study and they say, okay, great. If you go eight years, nine years, 10 years, like we would like to go, Mm -hmm. then you better have a study that justifies why you denied a criminal that hasn't offended, you know, in the last eight years, nine years, 10 years. You better have that statistic if we come after you. So they've kind of drawn the line for us and said, hey, um, this is we're seven years. If you're 10 years, you better back that up. And it can't be just, oh, because I just don't feel safe. You have to have some sort of study. Yeah. Maybe this 10-year study that just came out is one that you can grab and say, hey, no, look, this is, this is, I mean, the study said 10 years, Mm -hmm. not seven years. Right. The study showed 85% 10 years, not seven years. So this is something that we really think that's important that we all know about and uh, and so we can make the best decisions because housing is a big issue right now in this country. Affordable housing, housing. It's amazing. I think that's going to be the next battle that we really have to fight as landlords is we're all going to be required to accept Section 8 housing at some point. I really believe that. And that doesn't make me really happy. I'm not saying Section 8 is bad. I've got a lot of friends that make a lot of money off Section 8. Uh, I'm not saying good or bad. But I personally don't want to have to have a yearly inspection. And I really don't want to deal with the government more than I have to. When I deal with the government, Scott, I get the CARES Act. I get no evictions. I get all this where they get to come in and be my partner yeah. and make decisions for me. I want nothing to do with them in my properties, right? So.
0: I, don't, I don't even I'm just going to share one quick one quick story. So I don't even know if you know this one yet. but Okay. Yesterday we had an application come in for a landlord. Okay. And the applicant's current address, Danville Correctional Facility. Nice. Okay. He gets out April 4th. The applicant gets out April 4th. He's been in prison since two thousand four for second degree murder.
1: Well, I think he's paid his rent,
0: and that's what he's—that's <laughs> what he was acting like. He's like, "No, I'm, I'm current." I'm like, "Yeah," but uh, but I mean, this is this right. is a reality for some landlord out there. This is a reality that you're going to have an applicant possibly come in that's like this, and then what do you do?
1: See, I think you, I think you make a great point there because you can't reoffend out in the world if you're not in the world right so someone coming out of prison and saying oh look it's been 10 years Well, we're not talking about since the crime we're talking about since you've been released yeah right so so this guy is on day one not on year right. 10 yeah because he has to show that i can live in society not reoffend, change my life around and he could be a great guy and never offend again but we don't know that and that's why i say time is is the factor mm-hmm. now I'm trying not to make too many judgments. I'm just trying to work off of like just the statistics, right? I'm just trying to bring a professional opinion with the statistics, not tell you personally how I feel yeah. because I think there, I think everybody is good. Everybody has a good side to them. I'm just, I'm looking at this data managing my risk, right? right. Managing my yep. risk. I'm not down on criminal history. I, don't th- I think people can, uh, you know, be good citizens of society. I think people can make mistakes. I think they can change. I certainly, at 16 years old, learned a huge lesson from yeah. that. And, and you know, now I'm, like, overly sensitive. If I see a receipt I didn't get charged something for, I will go back and pay for it. I right. mean, it's almost like, you know, it's uh, it made me really think about stealing again, right? And mm-hmm. I've been, like, overly sensitive to I will never ever be accused or anything of that ever again. That was such a stupid part of my life. Yeah. So there are those things, but there are also... It's also so hard for these guys to get out of prison and have landlords say no, have employers say no. You know, we wonder 85% go back in 10 years. I mean, is that partly our fault? Is that that's yeah. certainly a faction of the United States is making that, you know, argument.
0: Yeah. I mean, one of the re- one of the things that I researched as part of, you know, getting ready for today was uh, employment of guys who get released from prison. And within the first 4 years, 33% of those people could not find employment within four years. Thirty-three percent. Thirty-three. A third of them could not Please. find employment. So, again, yeah, w- the system does it, it does kind of work against them sometimes uh, on rehabilitating or being back out in public again.
1: Well, my heart goes out to those companies who have the certain positions that they can put people in and give them a chance. Yeah, there are certain places where there aren't other people or other risks that you can take those chances. For those landlords, we need landlords to house these people. Mm-hmm. We need landlords to to help this part of society. So I am certainly not here saying do or don't. Do If you can do it and the risk is minimal for you, they might be your best tenants you've ever yeah. had, and you might help them not commit a crime again. But once again, multifamily, um, your own health and safety, there's just a lot of information you need to take in to make that professional yep. opinion and and that's all it is. Is it's just an opinion. It's just our, you know, our best guess on how the future is going to go, and that's really all we can do yep. with this data. So it's tough. It's it's a tough situation. Tough. It really is. Yeah. But the fact is, is a lot of us are in here to make money, and once again, we have always talked about another podcast. What's your strategy? Mm-hmm. I was speaking in um, Toledo, Ohio. And afterwards, I had a guy come up and he says, hey, I appreciate everything you're saying, but I kind of just have a different way of doing things. I go and interview families that are struggling, maybe just got out of prison or, or whatever, and I have dinner with them, and I, and I take about a month with them. And then I pick them and say, listen, if you're willing to change your life and you're willing to get on, then I'm willing to help you. And I said, you know what? We need more people like you. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, here that. I'm talking about the bottom line and making money and the dollar, and he's sitting there thinking... That's not even why I'm in this business. So we need those type of people. Those type of people are saints. He told me about 60% of the people he works with make it, and 40% let him down. But he promised that I'm not, just because 40% let me down, I'm not going to quit doing what I do. And I thought uh, this guy was amazing. Yeah, kudos to that that guy. I wish I I had his contact information. I'd come have him on a podcast because it was, was, uh, it's nice to see a heart like that. Yeah. You know, so... Anyways, it's important that you know recidivism rates. It's important you know that the past equals the future uh, because we want to get information that's going to help us make the best professional opinion. You are now a property investigator.
0: PI. Yeah, 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 yeah. you're now a
1: PI, a property (laughs) investigator, (laughs) and we appreciate you joining us today. Until next time, continue to rent perfect.